uh, bringing uh, Jesus to you. A um, little background, I have been here for approximately 13, 14 years. Um, I have had the privilege of, of serving as a deacon for about 11 of those years. Um, and about once, at the absolute most, twice a year, uh, I do get to um, fill in so that our pastor can actually have a break. Um, that is something that is very, very, you know, I guess, you know, I, I call him all the time. I say, what are you doing? He says, nothing. I'm like, well, then why do you need a break? Um, <clears throat> so I should feel guilty about that, but I don't. Um, and actually, it's going to kind of roll into what, I, what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get started, I do want to, I just want to pray. I want to try to get settled. Um, so Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this opportunity to be able to serve you and your people by bringing your word. And Lord, this is yours, your time. All time is your time, but specifically as we gather today um, on Sundays that we come to learn more about you and we try to grow as a community, try to grow as a church. Lord, I would just pray that you would use my words, that they would be yours. Lord, thank you for these men and women that are here, these ones that will hear it online. Lord, I also pray that um, you would watch over our pastor and his family as they travel and they come home. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> We've been in the book of Jonah now for, I think, about five or six weeks. And last week, we kind of fell off on basically, uh, we got vomited up. So Jonah got throw, thrown up on, the, on, the, on what we guess the seashore. And he was... He went into Nineveh, and he had to cry out. And <clears throat> we saw something happen that only God can do. We saw that where these men and women of, of this particular city were 100% against God. Something came over them when they heard the word to repent. And it's, it always amazes me how things line up when you don't have, when you're not trying to make things line up. For years now, I have, as I've dealt with people in the church, one of the biggest things that I've seen that has been a problem in our church as a whole, not in just in our church, but as a whole, is guilt. The Ninevites felt guilty and repented. But today, we're, because this, this has ended up being a topical subject, I'm not actually going to go through Jonah. Um, it's just amazing to me how that lined up because we see what guilt can do. We see that guilt is good for a period. And if you're not saved, I am so glad you're here because this is something that every one of us all the time can face. When we mess up, we feel guilt. That's, that is, should be a natural response. If you don't, you're probably a sociopath. And so you're probably not here. So I'm just being honest. Um, but I know that when we first had kids, 
Um, I was traveling all the time. I was gone. I was gone. Um, Kennedy is our oldest daughter. And I would come home usually Thursday morning, somewhere around 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. Friday morning, actually. I'd come home Thursday night, 4 or 5 in the morning. I would travel. I did insurance. I was gone. And then Thursday nights, every Thursday night, I drove to Buckhead, and I played a live karaoke gig. And y'all want to talk about horrible. People getting up, we, they got to, to participate with the band. Okay, they got to come up and be the lead singer of a live band. Well, y'all, that is awful, okay? <laughs> As a musician, that is purely awful because they can't sing on time, they can't sing in key. They turn around and say it's in G. No, the, the song is in C, and that's what we're going to play it in. And it doesn't matter what key we play it in because you're not going to sing it right anyway. So I would come home. I usually get home somewhere around 4 or 5 in the morning, and Friday was Ashley's run day. As soon as we would lay Kennedy down for her nap, she was, Ashley would usually go to the store, try to decompress, whatever. Well, it always took about 30 minutes before I felt comfortable to try to take a nap myself. Because there was a lot of times you would hear a squeaking starting around five to 10 minutes after laying down. And Kennedy would stand up in her crib and go, and you knew that one of two things happened. You just had to come in and lay her back down, or she had filled her diaper. Uh, so parents, parents, we kind of all have that picture in our mind. So I never really tried to get too comfortable too early. Well, there was this one instance where I heard, she's going to love it. Y'all, she is so excited right now because she has no, well, Kids have a tendency to sometimes reach in their diaper. Um, that's not the point of the story. The point of the story <laughs> is my reaction. I lost it. I was good at losing it, but I lost it at that moment. We're talking a two-year-old. And I, I could have torn the walls all down that day. So I'm calling her mom. I, I'm trying to pick her up in some way. To get her to the tub. And we did. But I lost it. And I overreacted horribly. And that was not, un like I said, that was not unusual for me at that time. I had a very, uh, very bad temper problem. Well, it was later that I came to follow Jesus and uh, really with Jesus in my life, I was able to start reforming who I was. He was doing it for me. Fast forward to when Kennedy was about probably around eight years old. One of the things that I would do every Friday morning, she was in school now, was I would get up, I would go get a, cu a, cu a cup of coffee from Starbucks, and I would take her to school. And at the time, you could actually walk your kid in. Okay, that's pretty cool. You know, you could walk them in, drop them off, give them a hug, give them a kiss, send them into school. Well, Kennedy had li lived with me for many years of, of me overreacting. I get out of the, I, get, I, I remember this so vividly. I get out of the car, 
And Starbucks has really failed on the cups recently over the last 15 years. They started getting into all the, you know, eco stuff, and so they got real soft. So I grab my cup, and I come out, and my cup falls, and I drop my coffee. Kennedy immediately freezes. She's waiting for the reaction. She's waiting for me to blow up. But it didn't happen. That wasn't me. That was what Jesus was doing in my life. But I'll tell you, when I looked and I saw her face, this huge guilt came over me. And what we see is that this is something that is normal. When we try to change, we're going to see where we messed up. We're going to see maybe things in our past. This sermon is primarily going to be for Christians. And the reason being is because I see so many Christians living with guilt. That didn't hang on to me, but I just I felt it so heavy right at that moment. But what I do see is Christians just living in this cycle, in this circle of guilt and never growing. Now, we, there are two different things that the Bible talks about. Guilt is actually very little. It's, it's, it's not really in the Bible that much. It talks a lot about shame. Guilt turns to shame. And we don't want to get to that point. Now, what I want you to understand first is that shame deals with identity. It's focusing on oneself. Okay, I want to start there. Guilt deals with behavior. Okay, it's focusing on one's behavior. Both are rooted in regret, but guilt says, I'm sorry, I did something wrong or made a mistake. Okay, I want you, let's, let's really clarify that. It says, I'm sorry, I did something wrong or I made a mistake. Okay, we all get that. Shame says, I'm sorry, I am the mistake. Okay, guilt will bring to us shame. If we live in it. Because now all we see is the problem. And the only focus point at that point is ourself. Now I'm not going to get into both of these today. I do want to focus specifically on guilt. Because I could spend. And those of you who know me know that I can get really long winded. And I'm not going to do that today. Okay. So, like I said, if you're not a Christian, I'm super excited that you're here because you're going to get to hear that we struggle with the same things that you do. The difference is, is we have a Savior that is going to take those sins from us, that has already bore them. We don't have to live with the guilt. We don't have to live with that, that, that sinking, hard feeling that comes over us when we do something wrong, that some of us just live in a perpetual cycle of. Now, the first thing I thought of when, y'all got to hang in there with me, okay? When I first thought about this, you know, how do we kind of describe a little bit of the guilt? Um, 
and being stuck, first thing that popped in my head was married with children. Now, if you've seen that show, we're not going to talk about it, but Al Bundy, that was the first thing that popped in my head, okay? If you haven't seen the show, don't watch it, <laughs> um, or don't watch it because I said something. Al is a man that's married. He's got kids. It's literally called married with children. He is a shoe salesman, and the, he comes home, and he, is all, he, just, he completely is disengaged with life, completely disengaged. He comes in. His kids come up and talk to him. He says something sarcastic. Go away. That's basically what he's saying. Props up. His wife comes in and tries to engage with him. He doesn't want to talk with her. There's always sarcastic things happening between the two of them. It is funny, but it actually shows the disengagement because he only lives in the past. You want to see that? If you want to see Al Bundy get excited, talk about high school. All of a sudden, he lights up. His four touchdowns in one game is brought up every time. He is living in his past, and he has become disengaged with the present. That's what guilt does. It disengages us from the present because we are stuck in the past. Now, I do want to say that I hope that this message is actually going to be encouraging. Okay, This is not a message to try to make somebody guilty feel more guilty. Okay, We have hope in Jesus, and that's supposed to be exciting. But, you know, so let's talk about something exciting. Georgia football. You notice I'm not, Jason's probably not watching, so I can say uh, we're not worried about no Alabama, okay? Now, I'll tell you something that was very exciting the other day. And this, Brock Bowers, an unbelievable athlete, he seems to be an unbelievable young man, just in general, just in general, just seems to be a really Genuine, good guy. Had a high ankle sprain. Had to have surgery. And basically, he was being encouraged by a lot of people to not even come back this season. Not even come back. You've got this great future. You've got this absolutely incredible future in the NFL. And I promise you, it will be. He's going to be a high draft pick. He's going to make a lot of money. But he lives in the present. He did everything he could to get ready, to get back with his team. That should be such an encouraging thing for us Christians. We are on a team. We are a team. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And when we're knocked down and we're hurt and we're wounded, I would hope that that would be our goal is to get back with the team. Get back with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So this is what this message is about. Now, Dave Grohl, I don't know if y'all know who he is. He, uh, he played in a little band called Nirvana and another little band called Foo Fighters. <laughs> um, he referred to guilt as a cancer. He said, guilt will confine you, torture you, destroy you as an artist. It's a black wall. It's a thief. Satan knows that. Satan knows that, and he loves that. 1 Peter 5, 8 
says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, lion looking for someone to devour. That is exactly what Satan is looking for in a Christian. If we have guilt, he knows he can attack that. He can attack it, he can attack it, he can attack it. And he puts us in a, in a cycle. And what happens when we live in a cycle like that? We become depressed. Depression is a real thing. But it's usually a cycle that runs through our head. I really love, in Psalm 32, 1 through 4, we hear David talk about regret. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For the night, for the day and the night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up, but as by the heat of the summer. Here we see King David talking about the guilt that he had after his adulterous affair with Bathsheba. And turning around and basically having Uriah killed. And talks about his, his hand was heavy upon him. That's what depression feels like. It's like a weight. And it's crushing. And it just holds you in a spot. Guilt holds us in a spot. So I just think that was such just a great description so what should guilt do for us as a Christian? Hopefully it should spur us to action. And what, about, what I mean by this is that there is an action that puts a breach into a relationship and an action that must be taken to mend that relationship. There was a guy that um, I went to church with that I think is a great example of what we see in the church. Um, at the time, Pastor Chad was starting a new uh, series, and he'd hit on, it, it, it wasn't necessarily about idols, but it was talking about how things and choices we make can become idols. And he... He hit on work. Work can be an idol. He didn't get into any detail. He was talking about what the entire series was going to be about. And that was one of the subjects that he was going to, to talk about. And he got done with the sermon, and I went outside, and there was a guy that was very angry. And I walked up to him, and we were talking, and he told me he doesn't know anything. Pastor Chad don't know anything about work because he don't work. He's a, he's, a, he's a preacher. He don't understand. I said, oh, yeah? Well, well tell me what, what I should tell him. You tell me the knowledge that he needs. He goes, 
Small businesses, small business owners have to work all the time. I said, so it's okay to ignore your family? Ignore church? You, you tell me what, what I need to know. You tell me what, what's, what is okay outside of God's Word. You, 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 I, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to listen. Well, he calmed down because it just took him a second. He wanted to vent. The guilt hit him, and that was how he vented. But he did not take action. It did not spur him to the action that we would want to see Christians take. He pulled away. I think he stepped into a church once or twice since that day. And that's what I see a lot of times with Christians. We pull away. We, we, we retreat because of the guilt. And I don't want it to be that way. I want it to spur us to action to mend the relationship in whatever sense that may be. Now, steps that we can take, first we have to identify what's causing the guilt. Okay? Maybe it's just something we said. A lot of times it's very easy. <laughs> Maybe it's something we did. All right? Next step is to humble yourself. Now, I don't know about y'all, but that's hard for me. That is something that I struggle with all the time. Humility is tough for me. I want to stand up and be proud. That is the exact opposite of what God wants me to do. So we have to humble ourselves. A lot of times that's going to come through prayer. Next step, take action. Okay, how do we take action? Usually a lot of times it's just by going to that person and, and having a conversation. And literally saying, I'm sorry. And then we learn from that mistake. This is where guilt gets most of us, is we're in a perpetual cycle of that same mistake over and over and over and over. And then it beats us down. It beats us down to the point to where we don't want to respond anymore. And that's when we see people pull away. But Jesus has covered those sins. When you're saved, Jesus has covered those sins. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. He has given us His grace. Many of us struggle with guilt because we can't forget. And it's not about forgetting what hap happened. It's about understanding God's grace in your life. That's really, as a Christian, where we need to take, what we need to think of. Psalms 103.12, as far as the east is from the west, that's wide. <laughs> so far has he removed our transgressions from us. That's, that's wide. That is a long ways away. So what are some ways to move through your guilt? First one, and it's going to sound a lot like a lot of spiritual disciplines here, and it is. It just really is. Prayer. 
Prayer, prayer, prayer. John 1, 9 tells us if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our, of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So prayer. Now, how, how can we help with the guilt section? All right, first we confess to God what we did. I'll tell you the biggest thing we can do while we're doing that is praise God for what he did for us. If we can remember that in our prayers, especially when we're praying about things where we failed, that maybe we're in a cycle of, it's praise God in our prayers. It's not just pray, ask for forgiveness. That tends to be the cycle that we get in. It's to remember who God is, what Jesus has done for us. And what that does is it takes the focus off us to him. The American church is really good at focusing on me. Me, 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 me. Because we don't really give God the glory or the praise that he deserves. We get so focused on pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps. Nothing wrong with that. But it becomes our focus. When we read God's word daily, things are going to be identified. Just like this service lined up in the guilt section. We had no, no conversation about it. That's just where it landed. Here we had the Ninevites repent because they felt guilty. They felt the weight of their sin. And they repented. Guilt does that. That's what guilt's supposed to do. When we are in God's word daily, he uses words to help us, guide us, correct us, encourage us. And when we're in the word daily, it's easier to draw things up in our heads on how we should react. What we should think. How we should think. Attending church services. We need to be together and worship together. Very simple. We need to be in church. Service. Service is a big one. This is also one where we struggle if we, if we feel guilt. We don't feel like we're worthy to be able to serve in God's church. We don't feel like we're worthy to serve others, period. Service brings humility. It also brings a greater love for people. And sometimes it brings a thank you and a comfort into us that helps us just feel better. I don't know about you, but when I serve somebody, when I go help somebody, it naturally makes you feel better. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is part of service. We should feel good that we help somebody. Community. Community is going to be a little more of a one-on-one. -on -one. When we're guilty, sometimes we need others to talk to. And here's the thing. If you're not close with anybody, who are you going to talk to? 
If you don't have a relationship with others, especially in the church, who do, you, who do you go to? You go to yourself. A lot of times, that's what I'm saying, we turn inward. We turn inward and then we fight ourselves. Sometimes it's, it's already at a level of counseling. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with going and finding and seeking help through counseling. If that's it, if that's what we need to do, then let's do it. I don't want us as Christians to live with guilt. I don't want us to revert into a shame mindset. I don't want us to withdraw from the church community. We should be growing. Paul is probably one of the best examples of people that could have just carried an extremely heavy amount of guilt. He referred to himself as the chief of sinners. In Philippians 3, 13 and 14, and we did go through the entire book of Philippians. Jason did. But in this two verses, he, said, he tells us, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He had just got done teaching the Philippians about, hey, listen, if anybody could brag, I could, up until Jesus saved me. Because I was climbing in the, in the religious ranks. I was of a certain tribe. I was this. I was that. And then he met Jesus. And it changed his life. Now he could have carried all the things that he did on his back. And he didn't. He's going, hey, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. He still remembers everything he did. He's just not living in it. Today, I just want us to, to think about that we, we don't need to focus on earthly things. That's really what gets us in guilt, okay, that carries guilt. We're going to mess up. We're going we're gonna to have cycles in our life of where we're trying to break a certain sin or a, a certain pattern of life. And it takes time. Some of us, man, I'll tell you, I know alcoholics that have dropped, that could couldn't function one day, the next day they never touch it again. Never had a desire for it again. That's not normal. I am glad that those people had that experience. But that's not normal. I still struggle today with anger. It looks completely different today than it does 15 years ago, though. And that is, that's what God is looking for. It's a continuous reliance on Him. It is a continuance of coming back to Him. Leaning on Him for His strength, not mine. For His forgiveness, His grace, His mercy. So David, in Psalm 32, 1-4, told us how heavy the guilt was. How hard it weighed on him. Well, verse 5, I acknowledge my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. 
I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Church, I just encourage you that if you're feeling heavy with guilt, even shame, Jesus' blood, his life, his death, his resurrection is the answer. It's not easy. There's nothing easy. You're going to continue to struggle with things. I'm not here to tell you that you're not. But in this church, there are people that love you, that care, and they want to help. And it's literally just about reaching out. We have those cards, connection cards. If you do feel that way, and you do feel like you need to talk to somebody, we actually have a counselor here too. Fill it out. You can put it in the brown box in the back. You can leave it in your chair. You can give it to a greeter. But I want to encourage you that there is hope. Jesus is that hope. Sometimes we need help. We just need help. People pointing us in the right direction. Now we're going to transition into communion. Nick's going to lead us. I'm going to say a quick prayer as we're getting ready. Father, I thank you for just this time together. I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for the grace and mercy that you show us each and every day. And Lord, if there's somebody here that doesn't know you, Lord, that they would just they would just take the time to maybe talk to somebody. If they've got questions, if they, if they feel that, that pull towards you, Lord, if you're calling them, Lord, just that they would not ignore the call. Lord, if there's somebody here that's struggling with guilt and shame, Lord, I'll just lift them up specifically. Pray that they would not just drop their knees to you but Lord they would just confess it to you and they would give it to you and that they would seek out others if they need more help Lord you are good not just that but you're loving you're loving and caring you care about your children you want what's best for us and what's best for us is Jesus Lord thank you again just for your goodness and your grace. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. As Shane said, we are going to go into a time of communion now. And <clears throat> while I was reading this week, kind of doing some a little bit of studying up on it. There's a couple of things I want us to, to point out that came to my attention. One was in 